Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. That we're off and running with another episode of Believe in Kentucky alongside Aaron Gershon from the Cats Paws, former UK QB, Jalen Whitlow. Fellas, how y'all doing? Good, man. It's busy. It's busy, but it's good. <laughs> yeah, about for, that. for sure, for sure. We're coming to y'all courtesy the Believe Podcast Network, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. We're live streaming the Believe in Kentucky on our Twitter account, Facebook, YouTube. Jump in here. Throw some questions at us, some comments. Follow, subscribe, hit the little five stars rate, whatever you want to do. We appreciate all the support and the retweets and telling your friends, word of mouth, old school style, all that good stuff. We definitely appreciate it. Go get into Mississippi State and Alabama and New Mexico State on the basketball side. Uh, Kentucky women got a win. Volleyball is rolling, all that. Before we get into all that, first and foremost, Oh, AG, your guy, Gabriel, friend of this podcast, yeah. just on here with us. Yeah, I saw him post on on Facebook that he's you know had a, a quadruple. Yeah, he's having a bypass. Yeah, surgery is tomorrow morning. I just found out. Actually, I found out when the Facebook post was put up, and I texted him right away. So, yeah, that's scary. Um, I'm glad they found it, and that it's gonna hopefully get resolved here tomorrow morning, and. He'll be on the road to recovery, but that, yeah, that's very scary. And I love Dick, man. He's uh, him and Curtis Birch are the reason I have the job I have today. They got me started uh, co-hosting the Big Blue Insider, writing for that site, pretty much taking over that site uh, for for two years there. So uh, a lot of love for Dick. Obviously, I'm on with him every Monday. We'll miss having him in there on Mondays. It, it sounds like it's me and Billy Rutledge on Monday nights. So I'm excited to to take that on and and handle that for him. But uh, man, that. That's definitely scared me pretty good when I saw that. Uh, I'm just praying for the best tomorrow morning and through his recovery there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he'd been on here a couple of times. Was just on here last week, and I saw the post. You know, gonna have some best of shows. I'm like, okay, taking a vacation or doing this and that. And then, yeah. like, oh man, and said that if what they found had been left unattended, he said it would have took him out of here. So yeah. Hmm. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was a scary one to read, but uh, I'm very thankful that you know they found it, and hopefully tomorrow goes goes very well. And uh, like I said, he'll be on the road to recovery, and we'll get him back here in no time. But uh, I know the sidelines will miss him the rest of the season here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll, the, as we love Tom, definitely love Jeff and Tom, but uh, it ain't gonna be the same without uh, Dick on the sidelines the rest of the year. Yeah, and that was one of the things you know. When I had him on, we were going to talk about the current stuff with UK. Uh, that was coming off the bye week before Tennessee is when I had him on. Going to talk about all that. Of course, look, he knows everything inside and out. Been covering it for decades. But I also yeah. wanted to ask him, 
stuff about him. And I, I you know, how did you aspire to be the sideline reporter? Did it just kind of happen? So he went into all that, how he came to get that job. And he's, you know, his words, he said, I don't know if I could watch a game in a press box now. He said, unless it's open, because he likes where I can yeah. hear. He likes being out there in the stadium on the sidelines. Talks about why he gets where he gets. Sometimes he wants to be ahead of the ball. Sometimes he wants to line up and see what the defense is doing. Because where he's at, it's not the great greatest view. Right. Because, you know, you feel level. Got some ginormous humans in front of him. <laughs> so it was just fun hearing it from – I mean, he's been doing it 35 years, man. Yeah, and man. so, you know, what are you thinking about? Because you every time it's an ESPN game – Stoops goes and talks to whoever it is on the sideline for ESPN, yep. and immediately after that, he goes right to Dick Gabriel. You'll see Dick on exactly. TV getting ready, and so I'm like, you know, how do you formulate your questions? What are you thinking? Do you just want to ask, hey, we're doing this good. How do we keep it going? Or we're struggling here. How do you improve? And he went into, you know, all of the little stuff that mm-hmm. how he does what he does, and it was really cool just hearing him talk, and he told stories and stuff from about different times, and so it was really Really fun getting to talk to him. And, you know, we just, like I said, thoughts and prayers and hope he has a speedy recovery and gets past this, this, you know, health issue that he's going through right now for sure. So had had to start with that, man. No, I'm glad you did. Absolutely. No doubt. And I was initially going to start with, you know, some other Kentucky stuff going on too. Friend of the podcast, Jimmy Mahan, who does the Kentucky – Roadshow Card Shop is on TV as we speak. He's on Pawn Stars. They've been in Lexington. This show is two hours. It came on at eight. They've been in, in and around Lexington filming, looks like, for a few days, and people bringing their antique this. And, you know, a lady was trying to sell some bourbon barrels, some you know, buffalo <laughs> barrels, and all kind of stuff. So, but they just went to Jimmy's shop, and he's got all the memorabilia. And if y'all guys haven't been there, you gotta go. Uh, Jimmy's nice as he can be. Uh, when Tony Dell hosted this podcast with me, he knew Jimmy, and he just sent me his info, and I didn't know what he was talking about. And he was talking about having Jimmy on the podcast. We had him on, talked about his uh, shop there on Romney Road. It's, it's really cool, man. I mean, you know, if you like your sneakerhead, you got the game worn sneakers, jerseys, cards, of course. You know, yeah, different, different cards. All of that, man, is. Yeah. Uh, a lot of players, current and former, go there and do signings for NIL. Oscar Shibwe goes there, and, and you know, C-Rod was there. Different guys will go there to his shop and set up. So it's a really cool dude, and it's cool to see him on Pawn Stars right now. And good cool to see <laughs> Kentucky on Pawn Stars. Yeah, I, I, that's literally – he's about – his shop's probably a mile or a mile and a half away from my apartment. So I haven't been there yet. Uh, I go down Romney Road over there to – Eat at Suggins all the time. It's one of my girlfriend and I's favorite spot in town. So uh, I gotta, I gotta get on that. Uh, I gotta get in there. I'll have to add that to the list. Yeah, Suggins is a, it's just old school, man. You feel like you're going back in time in there, but it's a little hole in the wall, uh, just American place. That uh, it's a good time. I actually, I, I was there uh, the SEC championship game that. Two went down and uh, Hertz went in and Alabama came back and beat Georgia. And it was like a we ended up staying for a while because it was just a horrible thunderstorm and the lights were flickering. But the, but the TV stayed rock, working and that, that was one of the more fun SEC championship games of recent memory. So uh, I've definitely hung out on Romney Road, but I got to get over to the card shop show over there. Yeah, you get a free evening or 
Well, free Saturday. It's going to be a while if you get a free Saturday. But, yeah, pop in there, and it's cool, man. Uh, I went. He wasn't there, but the you know guys he had run the store were there, and I texted him. He was up at, like, a card show in New York, and he's like, oh, man, hey, I miss yeah. you. And he texted me right then. He was like, look, if you know, Oscar's going to be here doing a signing. If you want to come to your podcast – an interview, and I, which you know, I'm I'm not close enough to Lexington to be able to jump back and do that. Right. But I love to have been able to do that. But that's how nice this dude is. He's the nicest guy. Deserves everything he's getting from you know being on here and all the success he's had. So, uh, yeah, y'all come to Lexington, y'all y'all definitely go and, yeah. and check him out for sure. And Aaron just gave Jalen a food recommendation. We've been doing it for a while, y'all that listen. DM Jalen food recommendations for when he comes back to Lexington for a spring practice or a practice or to see the new football facilities there at UK. Uh, that's one of the little running themes we've had. Give Jalen some restaurant recommendations yeah. in Lex. Yeah, and any, 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 I mean, it's been so long since I've been there. And, you know, I just want to know it's just all the new places where you can go and just check out, man, that I had that's that's new within the last. You know, six years, five, six years um, that I can go and you know, oh, check out. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of them, but um, you know, I was gone a year and there were new things when I came back. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I say that, man, I haven't even seen a new football facility. I know, you, yeah, yeah. I definitely yeah. want to see the new indoor. I mean, because yeah. we were used to, uh, you know, running in the corner of the zone and running on a track. You know, they don't have oh, to deal man. with that now. So, uh, you know, yeah, I definitely want to check that out. Yeah, for sure. So. Definitely get up there and see all the new stuff for sure. So we had to had to talk with Gabriel and Jimmy Mayhan right off the top. Uh, AG, you fresh off the Starkville trip and got a win down there for the first time since 08. Yeah. Look, they did what they had to do. That, that Mississippi State team, as we talked about last week, is just – <laughs> without lack of better words, not very good. Uh, offensively, they're, they're a mess. I mean, what was it? 7-3 was their lone SEC win uh, over Arkansas. They come out of the bye, and they only put up 13 at Auburn. And then, obviously, this game, Kentucky holds them to three. And I thought, um, first of all, the crowd really at the beginning was just electric. You know, they were honoring the 98 SEC West team. And the Cowboys were ringing. I had the earplugs in uh, with the outdoor press box there. But, um Kentucky, you know, obviously scores right away there on their first drive after three and out. And then, you know, the second quarter, you could feel the momentum swinging states away. Kentucky, you know, allows that 20 play yard drive uh, credit to the defense for holding them to a field goal at the end of that. Um, and then Kentucky goes three and out and you're like, OK, like this is getting into the danger zone a little bit for Kentucky. And after a 20 uh, play drive that lasted for like 12 minutes, uh, a one play pick six drive from De'Aaron Jackson and the air got taken out of uh, Davis Wade stadium after that, man, you could just Mississippi state, the fan base kind of, kind of knows where that program's kind of heading. Uh, Zach Barnett really might end up being a one and done, you know, the athletic director is not the one that hired him there. Um, his buyout's not very large and that's a tough situation, man. I feel bad for Zach Barnett. I feel bad for those kids. Um, that program's obviously been through a lot with Mike Leach's passing, but, uh, Kentucky had to go down there and take advantage, you know, their season, um, you know, I think if they had lost that game, we'd be talking for the first time on this pod about the possibility of them losing out. So they couldn't afford for that to happen. And they got a big win, uh, 24, three, they kind of took the gap. I, I, like they kind of took the foot off the gas and Mark Stoops uh, even admitted so in the second half. But 
you know, they did what they had to do. And just talking to the guys this week, man, you know, there's a lot more juice in the building. And part of that is because Alabama's coming to town. Um, but I, I think just getting a win, they needed to get that that winning feeling back. It had been since September 30th against Florida. Uh, it had been a long time. So uh, six and three going bowling for an eighth straight win, or eighth straight year rather. And uh, now you've got uh, the chance of a lifetime on Saturday. Uh, it's going to be a lot easier said than done. But, uh, man, do they have an opportunity right in front of them. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, with this opportunity they have right in front of them, I, I think, you know, the good thing is you can catch you, – you get a game where, you know, you play really well most of the game. You get a team that's coming off two really emotional games, um, and especially last week playing LSU. So maybe you can get them to walk into Lexington, Lexington without, you know uh, – I mean, I know you got guys down on the defense side of the ball for Alabama as well. So maybe yeah. you can get those guys coming to, into Lexington sleepwalking a little bit and, um, you know, see what you can do. But, uh, you know, as we know – it's going to be a challenging game, physical game. Alabama's always loaded with NFL talent. Uh, so you, you know how that is. But, um, you know, the good thing is I think Devin Leary has kind of turned the corner a little bit. Um, you know, that that throw he made to uh, Demi in the back oh, of the zone. Man. Hey, that that that's one of the sexiest throws I've ever seen. He, he had oh. a couple, man. I mean, yeah. that one, obviously, the slant to Dane for the touchdown. Uh, I know it's a short pass, but perfectly placed. And – you know, the sc- scramble drill ones, but even I think his best scramble drill play of the day was the one it didn't get completed. Dane Key kind of let it go at the end there. But right after he, he took that hit that ended up knocking him out for the fourth quarter, he was able to get out of a sack and he found Dane in the corner of the end zone and put it right on him. And Dane just couldn't couldn't control it into the ground there. Uh, I, I thought Devin played another great game. I know the yardage yeah. was only 156, but he didn't play the whole fourth quarter. They kind of called off the dogs, kind of knowing that Mississippi State's offense was pretty inept there and they weren't going to really be a threat to come back. So uh, I think we've seen two straight weeks of the Devin Leary we were expecting, you know, this offseason. No doubt. It's gonna, and it's going to be critical that they um, be able to create some balance on offense this week. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think – you know, with him throwing the ball that well, and I just got done listening to Nick Saban talk, he was saying how, you know, how challenging it is to defend an offense that can play so many personnel groupings that uh, has such good balance, you know, can run the ball, uh, can obviously throw it. Obviously, they want to get back to running the ball a little bit better than they had the past two weeks. But I think when you got a quarterback who can who can throw it and when, when you, you know, kind of unleash him and let him throw it, uh, maybe you can loosen Alabama up a little bit and allow yeah. the game to get back going. Uh, because, you know, you want to see your guy Davis get back going. Ray Davis needs to get back in the fold when it comes to, you know, putting up the numbers that he can put up. You know, when he put up numbers, it's pretty evident that they are rolling, uh, you know, and they hard to stop. Now you got the quarterback and the receivers on the same page. And, you know, you may get something. But like I said, I just, you know, that throw to Demi, people, you know, oh. I, was so, I was so impressed by that. People don't realize how hard that is back there in the back of the end zone. I mean, that is a – that is a – NFL, that's a tough throw. Yeah, uh, no, that was elite ball placement. Yeah, yeah, I elite. mean, absolutely, absolutely elite. Most people can't do that. Um, that's really good ball control, really good ball placement. He layered it over the guy. You know, we say as quarterbacks, we say high back five, anything in the back five of the end zone got to be high. Um, and, you know, he placed that absolutely. I mean, Demi's not a tall guy. No, uh, <laughs> not at he, all. Can't he put, confirm. <laughs> yeah, he put that thing right over and it dropped right. I mean, that's just, you know, uh, you know, I nerded out on that one. That was that was a good one. 
<laughs> yeah, that was that was a dot, man. And again, you know, with Ray, I, I mean, they they don't need 280 yards like they got. That'd be nice, but you know, they're, they're not going to get that again probably. Uh, but you know, I think the stat it's more so the yards per carry, right? You know, he was averaging going into the bye week 6.4 yards per carry. Uh, the last two games, I think it's 3.1 yards per carry. So they got to get him going a little bit. I think, you know, Tennessee and their defensive coordinator said it after the game, too, where their plan was to load the box and make Devin and the passing game beat them. And the passing game did beat them, but the def- Kentucky's defense couldn't do enough to win that game. Uh, and then last week, you know, that 3-3-5 scheme, uh, they kind of alluded to it uh, in the press conferences, Liam Cohen and and Scott Woodward, even the wide receivers coach, that it was going to be a little tough to run. And how would that scheme, you know, the block, what guys you got to get your hands on blocking-wise could be confusing. Uh, you have a lot, you'll have a Mike linebacker where Woodward was talking about how the wide receivers, you don't, tell them to ever block a Mike linebacker. But since the Mike linebacker in that in that scheme is going to be lining up in the nickel, sometimes you have to block them. So there's all sorts of things, I think, in run protection that weren't great. But they still they did break up a couple of long runs. I know there were a couple of runs that set up the touchdown drive on the slant uh, today, and there, there was a 14-yard run in there for Ray. So it was a little bit better this week. But uh, like you said, Jalen, it's got to be closer to what we saw at the beginning of the year while the pass game continues to – do what it's done the last two weeks. Now, you know, like Aaron said, six and three, bowl eligible. You get a win. You you uh, win in a place you hadn't won in a long time. You race the three game losing streak. All that big opportunity on the table. From my standpoint, you come out and just play loose and free versus Alabama. Just yeah, let it all hang out. Is that easier said than done, Jalen? Or can you just come out and just just play free and just no pressure and just just ball? Or is it still Tennessee to want to be tight? How, what's the what's the mindset going to be? Yeah, it's, it's always easier said than done, right? I mean, you know, from a coach's perspective, that sounds good until you're playing. Um, Oh, that was quick. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that that sounds good until you're playing so free that things become careless. Mm. So you don't want to do that. But you do want to kind of let it hang, man, because look, at the end of the day, you're playing Alabama, you know. Uh, so you got to let it hang. To have a chance to win the game, I always, uh, you know, kind of look at it from this standpoint. To win the game, you got to try to win the game. So you got to be aggressive. Like you, there's no way you're not going to sit back and be passive and beat a team like Alabama or Georgia. Right. It don't happen. You got to try to be aggressive. You got to try to attack them and create some chunk plays, get some explosives, get some tackles for loss, maybe create some turnovers, maybe get a big play on special teams with a punt block. You got to do that type of stuff. You have to add some razzle dazzle to the game because at the end of the day, they have better players. Uh, and, and that's not a secret. You know, they, they have better players. So yeah. you, what what are you going to do to kind of, you know, nullify that? What are you going to do to um, create some balance on the field? You know, create some parity. You have to be sometimes be a little bit unorthodox. Sometimes you have to be extra aggressive. Um, but, again, there's a fine line between being super aggressive and being careless with the ball but you know i don't see how you win this game without trying to win the game and you have to take shots you gotta 
go for the throat, man. And I just think that's just the mentality you got to have when you play these type of games because you know, and we saw it in the Kansas State and Texas game Saturday. Kansas State got an overtime. Mm. Beside, I mean, they had the ball. What was it? it what was the ball? Inside of five. Yeah, I didn't yeah. get to catch the – yeah. I yeah. Didn't. And, and, that and sounds right. Yeah, it was fourth down, overtime. Kansas State was playing better in the second half than Texas, and Kansas State decided to go for it because they know the most talented team usually win the longer the game goes. Mm. Uh, so, you know, you want to try yeah. to take your shots and go for it right now and go get it. So – that's just that's just the approach that I would have, uh, you know. But we'll see. Yeah, I, I agree totally, and I also think too though, Kentucky's got to do a better job than it did against Georgia and even Tennessee uh, of striking the balance. Right? I think Tennessee, there was a play that stands out to me where they were. Well, I'm saying striking the balance is um, not doing too much, right? Georgia, you had the three unsportsmanlike conduct penalties where Jagger Burton pancakes a guy after the play is over. Deion Walker decks a guy after the play is over. Uh, stupid things like that. You can't give a team like Georgia extra yardage. Against Tennessee, it wasn't the penalties, but Zion Childress, there was a play, I think it was the 49-yard pass to Deontay Thompson, the receiver, the transfer from Oregon, where Milrow is able to escape. He throws to, into the middle of the field, and Zion had good coverage, but he broke for the ball instead of staying on his man. If he stays on the defender, that's an easy breakup. I don't even know if that ball um, uh, with the traffic, I don't know if Thompson has a chance to catch it. Instead, Zion bites for the ball, goes for the pick, tries to be the hero. Easy, you know, pitch and catch ends up a 49 yard play. Uh, I forgot what the result of the drive was if it was a touchdown or a field goal, but Tennessee scored. So you can't do too much, but yeah, you gotta, everything's gotta be on the table in this type of game where there is a clear, clear talent gap. Uh, Alabama has a talent gap about. Like, against everyone they play pretty much. Um, Kentucky is definitely included in that. And Alabama's playing their best ball of the season right now. Um, so uh, you got to pull out all the stops, but you can't do too much and get too emotional. Where I think I think that's kind of hurt. We, we obviously know all the discipline issues, and that's been better lately. But I think that's where Kentucky's gotten into some trouble compared to last year. I think when Kentucky got into trouble last year, you could kind of feel like, you felt like guys' heads weren't really in the game at times. The Georgia game they were, but, like, against Vandy, against um, – uh, what was another loss? In South Carolina, there were some – I don't I don't want to say give up, but you could definitely see plays where on tape the effort wasn't where it needed to be. I think this year the effort, even in the Georgia game, has been great, but it's been guys getting too emotional and trying to do too much that that has kind of hurt Kentucky a little bit. And that's what's led to the stupid penalties, uh, the unsportsmanlike conducts, the stuff after the play. We even saw it on all these, you know, kick returns against Mississippi State. It felt like one team or another was getting fouled after the play, getting a, a personal foul call after the play. So uh, you got to channel those emotions. Uh, but like you said, Jalen, man, uh, everything's got to be on the table. Uh, if there, there are some trick plays you're confident in in the, in the playbook, uh, they got to be run. If there's some personnel that maybe you haven't unleashed yet, uh, maybe like a Brandon White or the Kelf Crowdis, a guy uh, that's a burner that maybe you can take a shot to, uh, this is the week to do it. Like, you know, the only two teams let you know, you'll have a bowl game, but, you know, South Carolina, I feel like you can beat. It doesn't matter how much you put on tape. And I, I'm still confident in their chances, at least against Louisville, too. So this is the game where I think you, you unleash the beast here. No doubt. And six and three, but just maybe a game off of where most people had them. 
Probably be able to have them seven and two at this point. You know, I think I, I had them at six and three. Just I had them losing in Starkville. I didn't know they'd be this bad, and then beating Missouri. Okay, so for what right it's worth, they're right where you thought. We're right where I thought. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I don't know if I, I think I end up saying nine and three. So they might be, yeah. but it's I think because I have we're right about where we thought they'd be. Yeah, whether not, a game off or on it, not crazy far off and. Nothing drastic, even though right, you know, it was a three-game losing streak and it sucked, and you know, but still, not far off of where everybody, if they're being honest, would have thought they would be. Yeah, this is where we're thought, and there's still a chance, man. I mean, even if you lose this game, if you get to eight wins with by beating South Carolina and Louisville, again, easier said than done with how Louisville's playing and you know that environment at night in, in Columbia, but eight wins is you know they've. They've had two nine win, not counting the Bulls. They've had two nine win regular seasons. Those are the best two under Stoops. So this would be the third best regular season in terms of wins mm-hmm. in the Stoops era. There's still a lot to play for, and you know I, the quote that Dion Walker had today is that this was a chance. I'm forgetting the word he used, but it was a it was really interesting. It, it kind of told you how you know it was to uh, I think leave their legacy for this season. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe to paraphrase, like this is a game on Saturday where if we win this season will have an impact in this school's history because uh, they've only beaten Alabama twice ever. Uh, once was in, yeah. I think, 1923, something like that. 22. And then they, and then 19, yeah, 22 and then 1997. Mm-hmm. So um, this is something that hasn't been done. Alabama is coming in here. Uh, I think they win the SEC West with a win. They are pretty much on their way to the playoff, or not the playoffs, but the SEC championship game with a, a win and in playoff game. Uh, down in Atlanta, like they have everything to lose. Kentucky has nothing to lose, um, but they do have a lot to gain. So this is – it's as fun of a matchup. And for the fans, man, not only is it senior day, but Alabama – the last time Alabama played at in Lexington, Jalen Whitlow was a Kentucky Wildcat. So uh, you played yeah. in that game, I believe. So uh, it, it's a rare opportunity for the players. It's a rare opportunity for the fans. Like this is uh, – it's fun. I'm I'm really excited to see Alabama roll in here on Saturday. Yeah, and like I said, don't don't play them every year, but the two victories, 75 years apart, is still that is unbelievable. You know, yeah, it was yeah. a what was the losing streak? 26, something I like think that. So. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even so. 97, and then what, went down there in the COVID year. And yeah, that doesn't count. Remember, <laughs> that before doesn't count. that. Uh, 2016. 30, 34 yeah. to 34 to seven was that? Yeah, 34 to three, and Kentucky was winning three to nothing. So yeah, yeah, they were winning in that game. No, yeah, the COVID year one though, like, there, I'm I'm joking when I say it doesn't count, but Kentucky had 20 guys out with COVID, including C Rod, including Brendan Bates, who was the start of that year. Like, they were a total mess and going into play the national champions. <laughs> I, I throw that one out. Like a sacrificial lamb, man. Yeah, you yeah, know? they they were just fed to the wolves. Yeah, it, yeah. and they almost go, they got down to the goal line on one drive, and they couldn't punch it in. Settled for third. I think they ended up actually the field goal. Uh, I think the snap was bad, and it went over their head. I think they would have got it. They would have had ten points on the night if that didn't happen. But uh, that game, uh, man, I don't remember much other than the scoreboard. So just to put a bow on it, you know, we think back to when they beat Louisville. At Louisville with Lamar, yeah. Louisville scores go up seven nothing. Everybody sees the clip of Stephen Johnson under center. Come on, I love this. Is that <laughs> yeah. is that the epitome of playing free? Because then they yes. hit a deep and tied the game up. 
you know, and if if they don't score there, maybe it gets out of hand and maybe they don't win the game. That right. that drive was crucial to how the complexion of that game went because yeah. we'll never know because they scored. But he wasn't overwhelmed. He wasn't There shocked. was no fear. Yeah. So that's kind of maybe. That's how you got to come out, man. Yeah. yeah. And I, I do think it's different in the sense that this game is at home. I think that does help. Uh, there's not going to be a Sanford stadium at night animal <laughs> element like that place. I mean, I've been to a couple of these premier venues now, you know, whether we're talking Knoxville in a sellout, Florida in a sellout and that there's just nothing that compared to Sanford at night for me yet. So um, even will, will he be down in South Carolina in a sellout? Like th- this was just something else. So they, they were, uh, they ran into and Georgia. That's still, I still think, you know, Georgia's played some really good football, obviously, but I still think that was the most complete game Georgia played all year. And we all know how good Georgia is, especially when they're rolling. So, you know, that game, you know, they have a chance to redeem themselves. It's almost like a second opportunity uh, when you get one of these marquee games. And this time it's in your building. Uh, it's senior day. It's the last chance to play in front of these fans. And it's going to be juiced up. I think Kentucky, at this point, the noon thing probably helps Kentucky because of how, how well it went a couple weeks ago uh, with the crowd perspective. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, look, I'm not picking Kentucky to win this game by any means, but there, there are – there's at least some – if you want to dream, like there are avenues, I think, uh, with this one compared to maybe if this game was in Tuscaloosa or, if, you know, in hindsight going into that Georgia game a few weeks ago. No doubt, yeah. You know, again, it's hard to – you know, pick Kentucky to win the game. But yeah. at, the, at the end of the day, I mean, this is one of those games where, you know, you could say it's a trap game. For oh, Alabama. yeah. I mean, you know, Kentucky yeah. has the – Alabama is not so far removed this year as far as their play on the field that they can just – they had years where you they can just walk in and beat you. I don't think yeah. this is that year for Alabama. And I think Kentucky is a lot better uh, than the past. So I think, you know, you if they walk in there, they can get this thing can get interesting. However, um, you know, like I said, Kentucky has to, you know, be hitting on all cylinders. Um, yeah. Because at the end of the day, if you're one dimensional against a team that has better players, you have zero chance. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm talking come out first play of the game, man. Let it hang. Let it go. You, know, you don't have to, I'm, I'm not saying take a deep shot first. Yeah, no run, run, pass. Yeah, I'm drive. saying, no, like, you know, mix it up, add some some pizzazz, man, trick them, you know, yeah. reverses, you know, you know, give a give a double move, reverse pass, something to get the guys, you know. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, you know, and this is getting into the weeds, but as a player, you feel a lot more – you res- and this is crazy, but you respect your coach more when he's really letting it hang and, and going for it, right? When you got coaches who call the game uptight and timid, um, you know, players don't love that, you know. And, and I've been on both sides of that as a player and a coach. I've had coaches who were very uptight and, you know, didn't want to go for it. I had coaches who absolutely wanted to go for it and, and you know, throwing a whole bag of tricks out there. Uh, and as, you know, and as a coach, I've been a coach who, um, you know, we had a certain team where I didn't want to make the big mistake. And I've been, <laughs> been a coach who we had a team where I will call, I will call it all in the first drive, you know? So, you know, you got, 
it, it, you know, you gotta, you know, you know, yeah, you gotta go for it, man. Is what I'm saying. Uh, just be careful uh, with the reverse play, the first play, because that oh, didn't happen. God. You got oh, you all, you know where I'm going with oh, that. I, well, you don't have to go that far. Uh, and, and I know it was a different circumstance because you're a backup quarterback. <laughs> I forgot about that. No reverse first play. Take the I like the double move, deep shot. You know, uh, maybe I, I don't know. Like if they if they they're if it's an empty, not an empty, but if it's a light block, uh, light box, like doing something funky in the run game, or even I know the fans hate it, but if it's a light box first play of the game, Wildcat, I, I do all that before the reverse after what happened last year. Mm. <laughs> that's that's fair. <laughs> and that was against the crappy South Carolina team. Like that's coming from a deep place, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That I one, mean, uh, that one, kind of set the tone for for one of the worst yeah. nights in Kroger Field in quite a bit. Gift wrap, man. Gift wrap, touchdown. Uh, and give it to that Shane Beamer. You know how I feel about Shane Beamer. I don't want to give him anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, the both state of South Carolina, man. They got some characters over there. Uh, the uh, fact that I like Dabo the best of the two is <laughs> Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think I'll flash back to Jalen. You were on the week before or the week after the Tennessee game, anyway. When, when they had the, as Coach Stoops said, the meeting with themselves, when they had the players only meeting, you been a part of those? How do they go? You pro players only meeting, anti players only meeting. I just wanted to get your thoughts on. I'm on pro that. all the way, players only meeting, man. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, the players are making it. I mean, the players make the program go. I mean, so I'm, I'm pro players, but you know, it, it just depends on what the players only meeting is for. You know, the details. Um, you know, I've been in players only meetings where, you know. Um, they were real productive and, you know, and they don't, and people don't call players only meetings to say p- things negative. I mean, about coaches, but that happens, but players only meetings typically come from leaders who are trying to, you know, say things that they normally wouldn't say in front of the coaches, you know, not really in a negative way, but just like, you know, kind of get guys to be open um, and say certain things that, you know, you don't want to say in front of your coach. So, um, you know, so I've been a part of those, a few of those. Uh, I encourage those. If you got a, a mature team and they need, you know, a reckoning, you know, you got some leaders who you want to call on and you kind of put that bug in the air and like, hey, maybe you need to call a players only meeting. Or sometimes it's organic and it comes from the players. Right. Like, hey, you know, that's when it's the best, though. You know, when it comes from the players and it's organic, it's real. And, you know, it's spontaneous. And, they, you know, they call a players only meeting and, Typically, things change. I don't know what it is about it, but things typically change for the better when players have a players-only meeting. Uh, you know, usually that meeting happens when things aren't going well, but, you know, when it usually changes for the better, typically, if you have strong leaders. Now, you know, you have those guys who aren't strong leaders who try to call players-only meetings and players don't really respect it, uh, so it don't really work out. But, you know, typically players-only meetings, you know, because at the end of the day, the guy next to you, um, he's fast with it. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's always you know your teammates are gonna get you to play well. Your coaches kind of coach you, but your teammates, you're gonna play better for the guy that know you care about him, 
and vice versa. Uh, so that that's just what it is, man. I'm 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 pro player only beating all the way. And one more flashback. Y'all's thoughts on Harbaugh and Connor Stallions. We hadn't talked about none of that. I know uh, we I know we diverting away from Kentucky a little bit, but just you know, it's still a big kind of pertinent topic. And the the whole signs, how far can you go to steal? When is it cheating too much? Are they is Michigan the Houston Astros of college football? Yeah, where, where that's where at? I was going with it. Yeah, like um, I, I don't – all the new stuff with the other teams, I'm not going to get into that because I haven't read all that yet. But I'll, I'll just leave it at this. Like I'm sure, Jalen, there have been games where you were able to pick up on defensive signs and vice versa where defense had your signs. And that's part of the game if you do it organically. Last Friday. There you go. Like mm. if you do it organically, there ain't nothing wrong with that. Same thing in baseball, you know, before they implemented the, the pitch com and now the signs are kind of out of the game. But when you use electric uh, in, in baseball, when you use cameras and, and, a, and a trash can and all that crap, that that's too far. Um, the Astros pretty much got away with it. But besides the point, uh, Michigan, obviously sending someone to videotape the sidelines every game and do it. I don't know how many years, how many teams and possibly getting other teams involved like that, that, that crosses a line. And, you know, hopefully there's something where someone can step in and, and, and really inflict some pain here. Like there, this needs to be, there needs to be a punishment where this thing never happens again. You know, it's not like baseball where you're, I mean, again, I, I don't, I, I don't want to get into the whole Astros rabbit hole, but like baseball was able to kind of change the game uh, with the pitch comp. There, there's nothing you could do about it in football unless you finally give the quarterback a chance to uh, have plays in the helmet. And then the same with, you know, a player on defense, but I, I just don't, from what I've heard, I don't think that's going to happen. So, you know, they got, they got to, they got to hit Michigan hard here. Um, I, I mean, I, I wish the playoff would just like keep them out this year, uh, do something drastic. Like, uh, it's unacceptable from what I've read. I mean, obviously, you know, we'll see what the final conclusion is here, but uh, like the CMU thing, if that was really Connor Stallions on that sideline, well, that, like, that's, that's wild. That's hilarious. Like, it is hilarious, but it's freaking wild. <laughs> One so. of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So some, something's got to give, man. Something's got to give. But uh, look, Michigan's going to – until like – you have to assume, like going into this game Saturday, they know everything that's coming for them. Like, like Penn State, do they have a chance? Like, I, I'm really curious to see how that game goes Saturday. Like, if if they dominate, Penn State has a really good defense. Ohio State, you know, beat them, but it wasn't like Ohio State kicked their ass by any means or anything like that. If Michigan goes into Happy Valley on, you know, in a whiteout and just knows what's coming and beats them to a pulp, like. Uh, I'm gonna have questions. Like I, I wish I didn't, but like uh, it sucks for the players. Uh, I don't think they're the ones at fault, but uh, uh you know, there's got to be punishment, man. Yeah, you know, start just starting with the the CMU thing, man. I, I, I could I could not believe what I was seeing. Um, I, you know, it, it goes to show you how far people will go when they have resources. You know, they will go far to get an edge, man. Um, and you got people who are down for it. Obviously, Connor Stallions or whatever his name is, um, they will they will do a lot to earn their keep at a school like Michigan and try to get in if, where they fit in. And schools like Michigan with a lot of resources will do a lot to gain an edge. Uh, that that was that's really 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 serious 
I think Lane Kiffin said it best. You're getting, you're now getting into affecting um, wins and losses, you know, big time. It's not like everybody sees a signal from across the field or you're in a box and you can steal the other team's signals. And now it's a race to get it down to your coaches and get the coaches to get it to the players in time before the ball snap. That don't happen often, right? You can start to get a clue uh, of stuff, but that that's not as effective as to what Michigan was doing. Uh, so I think this is my thing. I think college programs should be punished in this way. Don't punish the players and keep them out of bowl season, keep them out of playoffs. Punish the coaches and deduct all bonuses from their contract. Mm-hmm. Cut their pay in half or whatever you want to do. Cut, take, hit, them, hit them where they hurt. Suspend them and take the money. That's where you hit co- – coaches won't do it anymore if you do that. If you start taking their money, a large percentage of their money, and you start suspending them and suspending them without pay – that's where you get them, you know, because at the end of the day, if I if I know that 60% of my salary is going to be cut if I get caught doing something, I probably won't do it, uh, you know. So that's just what it is. They got to start hitting them in their pockets, man. Don't, don't punish the players. That 18-year-old freshman on the team has nothing to do with that. You know, it's about what Jim Harbaugh agreed to do, what Connor Stallions did. So – take the money from it you know you take the money from them now you can start to gain some ground and fixing some of this stuff in my opinion maybe not though we'll see mm-hmm. yeah had to get y'all's thoughts on it because this that's one of the other hot topics and didn't get to it last week so. yeah and, no, and it's, it's knew, crazy. knew it was still gonna be hot this week so it might as well you know it, it didn't hurt to miss it last week because we still <laughs> get our two cents in on it today but yeah un Sorry, as soon as they play, play uh, I don't know, Oregon or UW, and they don't have those signs in the playoff, their season will be over. So. Yeah, and, and they got they got good the same time this started happening. They it's started, just then I, their I, level of play, you know. And the fact they didn't scout TCU, and TCU claims they use dummy signals, and then TCU is able to to beat them. Like, there's a lot of a lot of. Uh, a lot of interesting stuff there to make you question this Michigan run. Yeah, yeah. So had to had to get that as well. Um, anything else on Bama that y'all wanted to get in, or anything from the coaches y'all heard? Or wanna just jumping out? Or we don't. Yeah, nothing else crazy, man. I think uh, you know we'll see where this where this game goes. I mean. Would it surprise me if Kentucky gets blown out? No, that's more so a credit to Alabama. But I, I do think Kentucky can can put up a fight. I think they have the right attitude this week where, you know, I was a little concerned, as I, I think I mentioned last week, about some of the comments about not having fun and, you know, needing to, to laugh more and all that last week. And, you know, the defense came out and responded, and the, the vibes seem much better this week. So, you know, we'll see where things are at. And, uh you know, regard again, like I said, the, the nice thing about this game is if you lose, you know, it, it's kind of what everyone expected, and you have a big opportunity the next two weeks to still go eight and four. Um, at, you know, we'll see where Louisville's at, but you might have a chance to kind of kind of put a sore spot in what's been a special season for them over there. So, you know, even like last year after the – I don't want to say after the loss to Vandy, the season was over, but it kind of just had a meh feeling the rest of the way. 
Whereas this year, even if they lose this game, I feel like there there's a lot on the table, at least, you know, for the last two games and depending on who the bull opponent is and what game it is. Yeah, I think the th- one thing stood out to me was I, I watched Liam Cohen speak um, yesterday. And, he, and just the reverence that really all of them, but just the reverence that they have for Coach Saban is, uh, is, is pretty big. I mean, you know, you can tell that they almost – coaches kind of concede to saying that Nick Saban is like – such a good coach that I don't know if anybody can touch it. Like, you know, the fact that, you know, they just gave him, showered him with praise about how he's getting his team to play. So, you know, noticeably play harder than anybody else on film that they've seen. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the same thing with Georgia as well, you know, so it it, it always interests me, you know, because what are they doing that, you know, Kentucky's not doing it. What are they doing that, you know, I don't know, Tennessee's not doing or whatever. You know, how are they getting their five-star players to be five-stars coming in with egos and whatnot and still play harder than everybody else? Mm. To still give that – they were really, you know, kind of showering Alabama's defense with praise on how much effort they give snap to snap from whistle to whistle. I think that's that's the best praise you can get. That's the best compliment you can get as a coach if you're Nick Saban or as a defense of your Alabama's defense. And I think that's, you know, it goes to show you that there's a clear gap um, when it comes to when it comes to coaching, man. You know, I don't know what Nick Saban's doing that everybody else is not doing, but somebody needs to go. Yeah, somebody needs to study it, man, because it, it it is amazing how, you know, and Kentucky's coaches are not the only people that say this. Obviously, everybody says this um, about how, you know, how physical they are, how fast they play, how much effort they give every play. Um, you know, and that, that is, you know, that's very interesting to me because, you know, everybody else has the same amount of time with their players as well. What are are they doing to get that amount of effort, that amount of strain, that amount of physicality out of their players that, you know, maybe somebody else is not doing. So, you know, just from a coach, I always think that's very interesting. Um, you know, what are the secrets at the end of the day? You know, there must be something that (laughs) must be something that we don't know. Um, because, you know, obviously, if you'd be on – I mean, Alabama has been on top for a long time. I mean, I remember being in, what, eighth grade, ninth grade, watching Alabama saying, man, um, they find, like they getting this thing rolling. They finally yeah. – and, and I remember watching every game on Saturday. It was like, I know who's going to win. Why are we watching it? Like, <laughs> I, you know, it, and I'm talking when they're playing good teams. Like, I, I know who's going to win. Like, this is a it's, – it's done. It's a done deal. And we were talking about it the other day as coaches, how, you know, the fear factor that they had, you know, and Georgia kind of has that now, but it's not to the degree that Alabama had it. Nowhere near, in my opinion. Alabama has such a, I mean, you, I mean, such a fear factor back in like 20, you know, 09, 10, 11, 12, 13. 14. Really up until a couple of years ago. Yeah. And now it's that it's, it's kind of gone now uh, to that level, but you know, they had such a, intimidation factors i mean they won most games before they even you know stepped foot on the field before i mean when the game was announced on the schedule the game was already won um so i just think that's very interesting man and that's i'm sure that's where myself a lot of other coaches aspire to get to you know aspire to be able to have our players play to that level every play that that is excellence man and and you got to respect it and you talk about Sustaining that, you talk about Waters, 
he doing that everybody else isn't doing. And the fact that he's done it for all these years and the fact all these assistants have come and gone and tried to take it to wherever they've went and, and still for him to have all the staff changes and still keep everything at that level, whatever little details and stuff he does and the people close to him that have left think they know what yeah. it takes. You know, that's, that's, it that's took Kirby a while to finally beat that man head to head too. <laughs> yeah. Like his assistant, even the guys who he's coached for with, like yeah. they can't beat him. Right? Like, it's right. wild. We're like, it, 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 you kind of saw in the NFL that happened with Belichick, and then it finally lately, I think some of his, I know McDaniel's went to an O against him. So uh, you know, but saving assistants, man, like they can't even beat them head to head. And, you know, some of them are having success elsewhere. I think, you know, the one right now who's really popping is uh JMU's head coach. Um, what's his name? Uh, Kurt something. He he's a, he's a former uh, Alabama guy there and he, he's got it rolling at James Madison, but it just shows you what Nick Saban is doing is just even the guys he's coached up and he's assisted outside of Kirby smart. Like they can't, replicate that magic there's just it's just a different breed what Saban's got it doesn't matter who's on his staff um it's not like Tommy Reese is America's best offense coordinator but uh you know their offense is rolling the last couple weeks and then Kevin Steele was you know he's a he's a coaching vet he's a well-respected guy but I don't think anyone thought of that one as a as a home run hire either and uh I think their defense there was a stat out there where Ole Miss Tennessee and LSU in the second half uh have a combined 10 points against Bama's defense so uh it doesn't matter who's coaching for him, who's playing for him. It seems like uh, uh, Bama's going to be Bama, no matter what. So, containing Milrow, just for a quick one more football thing. What, what yeah. is you know, strong arm <laughs> running wild? I mean, I mean LSU Matt House's defense and well, they've been but, horrible. This my year. goodness, you, you, you hate you. You're yeah. surprised to see that continue to happen, but. Um, I think Kentucky tries to approach him because he's, you know, week two, is he even going to be the starter right. to where he's at now, peaking at the right time, and, and they're fixing to make a playoff run, and, you know, unless they trip up somewhere. So the, the progress he's made has, has been dramatic. Yeah. Jalen, you'll have a better answer, but I just want to put my two cents in quick. I think the key stat with this is that Alabama's given up, I think, 35 sacks, which is tied with South Carolina for the SEC lead. Um, and I was asking around, like, is it Milrow? Is it the old line? And it's kind of a combo of both. So my thing with that would be Wolford. make them hold on to that. Uh, Wolford, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, make them hold on. Well, they have two freshmen. The left tackle is a freshman. The left guard's a freshman. So that's something to watch. But with Milrow, you got to keep him in the pocket. And, you know, there are going to be plays where he beats you because he has a great deep ball. But he only has a 64% completion rating. Like, that's not incredible. And, you know, he holds on to that ball for a while. So if you're able to keep him in the pocket holding that ball, maybe you force a bad throw. Maybe you'll get beat once or twice down the field, but you have a better chance to force him in completions, uh, force a mistake throw, or maybe better yet get home for a sack because uh, a lot of defenses have gotten home for sacks against Alabama this year. So that would be my my thinking there is let him beat you with his arm, even though he does have a good arm. Um, but we'll see, you know, how Brad White dials it up and approaches it. Yeah, I said whatever you can do, man, to stop the run and to um, limit him in the scramble game, uh, you know, 
and I know it's it's way easier said than done, but <laughs> whatever you could do to kind of make them beat you, if they throw for 350 yards, they throw for 350. But yeah. they cannot run for 200 and throw. You for can't let them do what Tennessee does. Yeah, yeah, you can't you can't allow them to do that. You got to make them one dimensional, yeah. even if they beat you, which they are capable of beating you, being one dimensional. Um, you got to. That's going to give you the best chance to win. And again. This is way easier said than done. So people look listen to this. Oh yeah. Don't you know, don't take this and run with it and, and if they lose, shove it up the coaches and say, Hey, you gotta make a one to be trust me. If that <laughs> if it was that easy, everybody would do it. Um, <laughs> but you gotta try your best to limit them in the run game. Uh and that's quarterback run, that's quarterback scramble, that's traditional hand the ball off to the running back. Yeah. And, you know, the running backs, you know, McLean is only averaging four and a half yards per, per carry. Uh, Rodell Williams is averaging 5.4, but he's only a 73 carry. So uh, the crazy thing uh, with Milro, man, is he's gained 531 yards on the ground, but his net is only 297. He said 234 sack yards that they've lost. You know, you've got it. Like, that's what I agree with you 100%, man. Like, make them one dimensional and make it through the air. I, I don't, Alabama doesn't have. The Devonte Smiths, the uh, the um, the Henry Ruggs, the star wide receiver talent they're accustomed to having there. They have they have good receivers who are still probably better than most teams, but they don't have those. They don't have um, superstars walking through the door. First round picks, Jalen Waddle, the list goes on and on. There, like uh, I, I would let I would force them to beat you through the air, and if they do it. It, it is what it is. It's Alabama, but uh, I, I'd feel a lot better coming out of that game knowing, you know, Kentucky just got, you know, Milrow had his best passing game of the year than letting them run the ball down your throats like LSU let them do last week and like uh, Kentucky did against Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the basketball side, the opening day, uh, New Mexico State with 86 46, second half, they. Exploded on them, eight point game yeah. and a half, 49 17 <laughs> in the second half. Uh, small ball is, is working right now, that's the only choice they got. But hey, they, yeah. they're playing well together, man. Well. Yeah, it look, I it, the second half was a lot of fun, man. <laughs> like the first half, I was kind of like, man, that was a slog, it was kind of slow paced, some more stall ball in there. There were some glimpses, like with Reed Shepard having the dunk and doing some big things at the end of the half there, but it was kind of like, eh. and then the second half, they just, they're really hard to guard in transition, man. Like they need to, whenever the bigs get back, the big thing for me is it's not even like the spacing and the clogging. It's the, the tempo. Like you have to continue to fly up and down the court. That's when can, this Kentucky team is going to be at their best. And to have four guards finishing double figures uh, on opening night, Rob Dillingham only played 19 minutes and scored 17 points. Like, uh, that's really impressive stuff. And I thought, you know, the shot selection was much improved from what we saw last year. There were some questionable ones throughout the night, but for the most part, I was pretty, pretty happy with the shot selection. I really like how DJ Wagner kind of didn't let that rough first half shooting wise get to his head. He came out and he balled in the second half and was making felt like everything in the second half. Um, I thought Justin Edwards did some good things and, you know, Antonio Reeves, only shot four for 10 from the field and you still won by 40 uh, last year. He was being counted on to shoot 60% at the end of the year. And if he didn't, they were going to lose. So they've got a lot of different dudes in that front court or in that backcourt that can make things happen. And that was fun to watch. But um, 
I just think I love the way they're playing with this small ball. I don't know if it's going to be enough to beat Kansas or Miami, but uh, I do think it's going to be able to, it's going to be a fun product. And again, when they get those big bat, bigs back, you know, especially Bradshaw, Bradshaw can play that way. Like that's what I've heard and I've seen in the couple times I've gotten to see him play live. Like you got to just keep this style of basketball. That this is Kentucky at its best. This is how it was in 2017, which I think was the last elite Kentucky team where they were flying up and down the court. Like that, this is fun basketball. So um, we'll see Saturday. I mean, Friday, this should uh, take care of a really bad Texas A&M commerce team. And then it's a, uh, it's on to Chicago to play Kansas. So uh, it'll get real fast, but um, really, really good start for this team on Monday night. Yeah. I, I, I kind of got a good feeling about this team. Uh, yeah. You know, look, I, I love the way they play. I love, you know, I'm a big fan of just running gun basketball. <laughs> I just am. Um, it's way more fun to watch than the the style of play they played last year. No doubt. You know, um, I think, you know, it's going to help. I don't know if you can even increase ticket sales more, but, <laughs> you know. Oh, they need it. it, it yeah. They, they, there were some empty seats in that place. Like, you're totally right. They need it. Yeah. So, uh, they'll, they'll do that with that style, you know. And, you know, it's just – I don't know, man. It just feels like it's going to be a good year for them. Yeah. Um, you know, it just feel like there's a different vibe around the basketball program. I don't know if I'm just tripping or is no. It, you know, but um, that's what I feel. Not being in Lexington, honestly, not watching too much of them in the preseason. Um, but what I have seen, it just feels like it feels different. It feels like they, you know, they got a chance to have a really special year. Uh, whether that's win a national championship, who knows. But I think they'll have a good year um, and, and be able to at least push for one realistically. And I think last year people kind of knew that. Uh, probably not, you know. But, you know, I think this year, you know, I think you got a you know, good chance. And I think they'll go and maybe beat uh, Miami, you know. I don't know about Kansas. but yeah, that's going to be tough. I, 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 think they'll, I think they'll beat Miami, man. But, um, you know, it's, it's good competition, good measuring stick at the end of the day. Get a chance to see who you are. We all know how Calipari teams work at the beginning of the year. You know, it's just it's a build up. It's you a know, slog, and, yeah. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, they get to a point where they're playing their best ball uh once conf- you know the meat of conference play get here and they get a chance to, you know, go to conference tournament and see what they can do. I think uh got a chance to be a really good year, man. I'm excited to see some fast paced yes. John Wall style. You know basketball. That's what that's that's what I like to yeah. watch anyway, man. I, that slow style. You know, oh. pump fake screen pass. <laughs> you know that. You know, I, it was it was it was boring basketball last yeah. year. It was boring coach, basketball. As a coach, I love the fundamental style of basketball and you know the methodical and you know let's scheme you up. But as a as a basketball watcher, I want to see something that's running gun fast, yes. explosive dunks uh you know great defense really high energy basketball is what i like to see and i'm sure i'm not the only one sure the fans can attest to that yeah. as well. and what i what i really love watching with this team not i mean my favorite is the transition but i guess my next favorite thing with this team is like even when they have the ball and it's not a, like a a fast break it's just they get into their offense 
there's movement at all. Everyone's moving. There's no stopping and posting up and waiting and calling for the ball. Everyone is moving, cutting, making things happen. And it, it's fun to watch. It, it, it led to some wide open looks uh, on Monday night and some were, some were hit, you know, some, they didn't, they didn't have a great shooting night from deep, but uh, they were able to connect on a couple of plays that simply cutting and moving around on offense made happen. So it's definitely a more fun team. I, I'm worried. I'm definitely worried about the rim protection uh, when they start, you know, getting into the meat of their schedule. Uh, if, I mean, even when the bigs come back, I think you might see some minute restrictions there, especially, I don't even know when we'll really see big Z or Ugo, to be honest with you. I think Bradshaw is the guy where you kind of circle and hope he can be back here maybe in a month or maybe even less than that. Um, but like, they're going to have to figure out a way to rebound a little better. But other than that, man, like they're, they're, I don't have anything I can't say that I don't like about this team. It's a, uh, they play really hard. They really care about each other. They have a lot of fun out there. All things we couldn't really say last year. So um, I think Cal Perry's got the type of team he wants. Um, I think it's the type of team the fan base kind of needs. I think like the vibe, at least my understanding of it is some wait and see mode like don't hurt me again mode where they're trying to be optimistic around here. They, they really like this group, but they've been hurt so many times the last re recent years. Like they're kind of letting it wait and see and develop. Um, so, you know, if they can go on, if, if they go to Chicago and beat Kansas, uh, I think that would get this fan base really, really rocking and rolling. And you'd see a Rupp arena that that's kind of the Rupp arena of old because uh, even Monday night, like I, I was talking to a lot of people, like the arena, unless Reed Shepard, Reed Shepard was touching the ball or there was a big play, the, the, there was a lack of juice. Like the crowd wasn't that into it. There wasn't when like New Mexico State wasn't having to think about the crowd noise. Like they were able to play through things. It wasn't all too loud for them. And, you know, I know it's a non-conference opponent. I know tickets are a little expensive. The ticket, the parking is outrageous. This year, it's $27 for media to even park their cars, all everyone. So it's insane. But uh, I do think if you're able to go and get a road or a neutral site win over, you know, the, the favorite to win the national championship, the number one ranked team, a guy in Hunter Dickinson that picked another school over you, uh, whatever their next cupcake game is, I think it's Stonehill. Uh, that game might be sold out. Like that's that's the type of thing that could really get this fan base going again. So, um yeah, a lot to like, though. Really a lot to like. I don't want to be negative at all about it. And, you know, styles make fights. Kansas is going to be very difficult with Dickinson, especially if – Brutal you know, matchup. With no bigs. But on the flip side, they'll have to chase Kentucky around. And will the size be able to, you know, cancel out the speed? Something's got to give. We'll see. Right. Can the small ball, you know, withstand all the size and the power? And, and you know, they'll they, – Kentucky's got to guard them, but they got to guard Kentucky. So yeah. it's, it they got to block out. Ways. That's the yeah. biggest key is limiting possessions. Like Hunter's mm -hmm. going to get his no matter what. Hunter didn't have his greatest game against Kentucky last year, and I think he still scored near 20, if not over 20. Like Hunter Dickinson's going to get his. But if you can limit their possessions, um, force some bad shots and, and rebound, like you have a chance to beat anybody. I'm just worried that they're going to give up too many second-chance points uh, in games like that. And then if, you know, unless, you know, of course, Kansas could zone it up, play zone or whatever they want to. But 
you got Dickinson having to be out of the three-point line trying to guard Mitchell, or if he gets switched out on Edwards, he could yep. easily be in foul trouble trying to stay in front of those guys. So it's yeah, that's it's, what's nice. You know, all five guys can pass, shoot, and dribble, yeah. like Cal keeps saying, but it's true. Like all mm-hmm. all five guys are capable. Yeah, so we can Kentucky's even though small is capable of making life difficult yeah. on him as he is making life difficult on Kentucky. So sure. it's just which style will win out. Be real interesting to see that, you know, up there in Chicago for yeah. the Champions Classic. Yeah, and I know it was an exhibition and it was a road game, but I mean, KU did lose to Illinois, you know, in their exhibition in Champaign last week or whenever that was. So it's not like can't, and no one's invincible in college basketball this year or really anymore. No. Like no. those days in college, you still see it in football a little bit, not in basketball. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be a late night at, at the United Center, uh, but it'll be a lot of fun. I mean, Michigan State lost last night. LSU's women oh lost last night. Yeah, that I was. So, I, I, mean, I thought that was actually more <laughs> shocking because, like James Madison, I saw their pick to win their conference. Like James Madison's a magical school right now. Like they've always. Yeah, they, 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 <laughs> they are balling. Like they're ball. They're. I mean, they were a FCS powerhouse. They moved to FBS, and it's like let them bowl, man. Like it's ridiculous yeah, yeah. that they can't go bowling, and they because they would be in the. Uh, and whatever the I don't know what game what bowl game it is this year that a that a group of five team gets a buy in, but they'd be the team representing group of five. So uh, that's a damn shame. But their basketball team I saw was picked to fin- to win their conference. Um, that's always a tricky game right off the bat. But uh, LSU with that super team losing their first game caught me more off guard than that. If we're being honest, like that was a uh, that was shocking. I thought we were going to see one of those UConn or South Carolina runs from. Uh, the ladies down in Baton Rouge, but uh, yeah. that's a humbling one right there. And I Probably know what they need. Yeah, 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 and they they'll hopefully, well, in their case, hope to reevaluate it now. Feel everybody feel the wrath going that, forward. You know, you know how mad that Kim Mulkey must be. <laughs> I mean, there's not a more. She might be the most like I say this as a great compliment. She might be the most competitive coach I've ever seen. Like at the like uh, there are competitive coaches, there are lunatics on the sideline, but. That lady, man, like, is there a more fiery competitor on the sideline in college sports right now? Like, I don't think so. So uh, uh, that those practices are probably a living hell for those girls right now. <laughs> and I know Colorado is, is very good. They're ranked. Yeah, they're ranked top team. 20. Yeah. And the, the women's game is growing and is by leaps and bounds. Oh, and the Final is, Four was so much fun. To, yeah. Almost at times more fun than the men's Final Four last year. Oh, for sure. For like sure. the Caitlin Cook game against South Carolina. Like, mm-hmm. amazing game. Because just five, six, eight, ten years ago, you would see a top two team in women's playing an 18, 20 team. Right. And it would still be a 30 point game. It's like, the, you know, you. You wouldn't see that as much in the men's side. You, oh, two ranked teams is going to be a pretty solid game. But the gap is kind of closing. Everybody else is kind of rising up to yeah. where Connecticut is being, where LSU and South Carolina are. <laughs> so where it's, you know, oh, number one, Connecticut's playing, you know, number 21, you know, Iowa, and it's, you know, 87 to 40. That's not happening anymore in the women's game. It's, it's you know, yeah. it is – everybody's getting more competitive – the girl last night that Magic Johnson was tweeting about that went behind the back coast to coast and did that. Oh, I mean, these ladies, yeah, it, they it, ain't playing, man. Yeah, it, this is the most skilled that basketball players has ever been. Football players, too. I just think, you know, the parity in college sports is, is what makes it 
Yeah. Good. I, I think it makes it even better because that, that was always the thing, right? Everybody would say, well, every week you have like 10 NFL games that are going down to the wire and you don't have that in college. Well, now that's changing because I think, you know, there's a lot of parity in college football, college basketball now. Yeah. To where you're seeing more competitive games. You're seeing teams that will usually go to, you know, uh, whoever and get beat by 60 in football and they are able to compete now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think it's good for the sport, man. I think you have, you know, and we're seeing it right now. This is the, I wish we had the 12 team playoff this year. Oh. It would, it would be, yeah. um, can you, imagine, well, can you imagine like uh, Texas going to, I don't know, um, Oregon to play a game or, you know, can you just imagine something like that, man? That, that'll be crazy. I'll, I'll tell you the one per or the one group of people that are happy that the 12 team starts the next year instead of that. It's the people that reside in Lexington and are UK fans. Cause Louisville would get in this year. And I don't think, uh, I don't think that go over too well here, but uh, other than that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, I agree. A thousand percent. I'm not. I'm not buying into the Louisville thing. I got. I, I'm just saying, like their schedule, yeah. the way it sets up. Like even if the, I, I still think UK is going to win that game. We'll see. No if doubt. They, if UK stinks against South Carolina, I'll change my mind on that. But um, I think you win that game. Man. Yeah, I do as of now. Like the South Carolina thing. The only thing that could sway me is if Kentucky lays an egg against South Carolina because South Carolina is. I watched. I watched too much of that Jacksonville State game. Like they're terrible. Like other Spencer Rattler's playing at a great level. Everything else about South Carolina sucks. But um, yeah, like, but just like hypothetically, if Louisville wins out in the regular season, and even if they lose to Florida State in that ACC title game, like they they would might finish 12, 11, right? Like they're eleven right now. Now it's funny because you I had a road I, win against Miami. Yeah, I do believe that they could beat Florida State though. They match up a little bit. Yeah. But I don't think it's gonna happen, but they do match up a little bit. I don't. Know. I think it can happen, man. I, I Florida State. I, I just. I'm not buying into that either, man. I, the one thing. The thing I buy in with. I don't know about their defense, but I do buy in with Travis and the play, like Keon Coleman oh, yeah. yeah. and uh, the tight end Jaheim Bell. Like they've got some. They've got some playmakers now, but the defense. Uh, uh, the defense. Yeah, you could. You could sell me on the defense. Yeah, Louisville's just gonna have to show us basically is what we've been saying. Yeah, and we'll... I still don't know. Like they haven't played anybody. That's the one thing, and they lost to Pitt, who's terrible. So I still think Kentucky with their physicality, and I still think Kentucky's gonna be the better team on the line of scrimmage. Like until I see it, I'm that's my rule with these picks. Normally, that's why I was so like even wary going into Starkville. Um, so I'll probably I'll stay the same, but. I would be concerned if Kentucky goes down to South Carolina and loses because then uh, that'd be a bad sign. That, that's yeah. all I'll say. That'd mm-hmm. be a bad sign. Because it's a revenge game and it's a bad team and worst defense in mm-hmm. maybe the worst defense in Power Five. Like wow. terrible defense. There, I know USC, the other USC says hello. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but from a pass defense, okay, we'll, we'll cut it to pass defense. No. South Carolina, let me give you this real quick, and then we could, I know we're running a little long here, but uh, it's so embarrassing what their pass defense is. <laughs> it is passing yards allowed. South Carolina ranks page three. There they are. Man, you find stuff so funny. Yeah, they are. So only Colorado and Stanford are worse than power five. 
South Carolina is allowing 286.7 yards per game through the air. UW is actually down there at 121. I'm trying to find USC. Vanderbilt's at 112. USC, where's USC? They're not even on page three. Like, they made it on to page two. Um, USC, where are they? Are they, like, good against the pass? There's no way. Anyway, South Carolina's pass defense is terrible. So, that. They, they, there's no excuse to lose that game. I, I know it's in Columbia. I know it might be a great environment. Uh, there's no excuse. Yep. Sounds good. With that, put a bow in this episode. Uh, senior day, final home game. Uh, pound beers and get ready yeah. uh, for Bama. And we'll talk about all that. We'll talk about UK and KU, all kind of stuff going forward. It's that time of year, and we'll have it for you. And this episode, of course, will be up on the Sea of Blue as well. So everybody check that if you um, missed this live stream or missed us tweeted out. The Sea of Blue has it up there. We appreciate that. Appreciate Aaron Gershon, Jalen Whitlow, and appreciate y'all listening and checking us all out. Everybody be cool. We've got another episode of Believe in Kentucky, and we're going to hop on off of here and holler at y'all later. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube